Ball Brought. Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Paul Savage will join us in just a little while to make some picks for the weekend. Trey Wingo will join us in a little while to talk a little football. Jad Chambers producing for us. Your calls 869-1240. We'll have some giveaways uh, throughout the show here today. Welcome into a Friday edition. It's the first, uh, first really time in a long time we haven't had college football coming up on the weekend directly, but we've got college hoops. We've got NFL, which of course means we've got Kansas City Chiefs. All kinds of good stuff on the program for you today. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. I was, you know, thinking about everything we have going on with the show today. And it's always, Fridays are always jam-packed. Like, this is nothing new. But I just feel like as we're going down everything that's happening today, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great day. I, we've I've got crammed into it in my own life. We are grand opening HTO East. My wife's. Yeah. Hard work comes to a culmination here today, so it's a little bit chaotic. Come by today, by the way. I'll be there uh, most of the day today, um, starting around noon. Come say hi if you're out there. Love to love to see some of the listeners that tune in to us every day. If you can swing by the corner of basically of 127th and 21st, come say hi. I'll be in there uh, hanging out with people, watching them work hard. Um, but it is a busy Friday, and it is a busy time of the sports year, Tommy, and I think what you were alluding here is we get a couple of uh, pretty big stories outside of our traditional Friday sports world uh, dropped onto us. Dylan Edwards pulls back his commitment from Notre Dame, which is interesting for K-State fans, and it's interesting for the Coach Prime era, those apparently his two schools that he's now looking back into K-State and has some connections to Deion Sanders apparently, and, and Colorado is on, on the list, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we also have, Tommy, some big news out of Wichita State baseball. And at this point, probably not that surprising news in that Eric Wedge is not going to return as the Wichita State baseball coach. The longer that went on, um, the least less likely it seemed to me. Um, I, I can't give you the exact reasoning or details, uh, but whatever it is, it's a break now. And the Eric Wedge era certainly comes under a microscope. And, I, you know, 65 and 61 over two and a half years, basically. Um, you know, I'm not sure what, what the overall feel of the Eric Wedge era is. But we can talk about that a little bit later as well. But let's start, Tommy, because, you know, we went into last night's Thursday night football game not thinking we would care a lick about it. And, and we talked about this yesterday. But then there's the Baker Mayfield factor, right? Then there's the Mayfield. Is he going to play? Well, how's he? Surely he's not going to play well, right? He, he stunk it up in Carolina. 48 hours, plenty of time for Bake to get warmed up and crush the souls of Raider fans uh, who are entering the chat room as most disappointing teams in the NFL this year. But how about that? I mean, it, you knew it was coming because the NFL always does this with great storylines. You could just see this coming a mile away. 
he's going to go in there and he can beat the Raiders. That's exactly what he did. Game-winning drive. His numbers overall were pretty good. Uh, I was in and out of the game, but I did catch, I think it was right after halftime, Kirk Herbstreet talking about it. Kirk Herbstreet uh, knows what he's talking about. He's like, he's not missing throws. He missed like one throw in the first half when he was in there. Baker Mayfield, uh, reborn, re-energized. Yeah, it's it's the Baker Mayfield redemption season, and it, it started last night. Um, of course, we know that with the Rams, they basically shut down Matthew Stafford for the rest of the season, uh, and then John Wolford. You know, I think that there's a, a, a argument to be made now, and I think it's going to happen where Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback for the Rams for the rest of the season, barring injury after what we saw last night. And I really feel like, and we talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday that this was absolutely the last chance that Baker Mayfield had to revitalize his career and bring things back to where he can show that he can be a viable starter in the NFL moving forward. I don't think he's a long-term solution for the Rams. They've got Matthew Stafford, right? But what he's doing, it's kind of an audition, I think, for him to show other NFL teams that he can still play and that he is worthy of having a spot on a team moving forward. Yeah, it's it, for sure. And and we knew that was the case. It didn't make sense that it went so poorly in Carolina. Say what you want about Baker Mayfield. Um, he has not been the same quarterback since he hurt his shoulder last year. But my goodness, uh, you know, it, it went so poorly in Carolina. And that didn't make any sense either. This felt more like the Baker that we think could play in the league. And, you know, I don't know. And, and I've heard, you know, the Rams brought him in to try and garner a draft pick in a trade. And if that's what they did, they did really well because he's, you know, there's, there's enough teams that are going to need a quarterback in the short term, just like Carolina did. If he can show out and show well here late in the season, he's very likely to get another opportunity somewhere, I would think. And again, it's different when you're talking about him, you know, versus some of the other guys who have never really seen success because we've seen Baker Mayfield be successful, right? He won a playoff game. Um, he was he was the number one pick, but he's he's shown some talent in this league for sure. And the Rams right now are decimated. They got no line. They got no receivers. They're they're banged up in the backfield to some degree. Like they got nothing to work with. So he really like he had better weapons in Carolina for sure when it was not going well for him. So we'll see what he can do here. And again, I root for Baker Mayfield because I think he's an entertaining character for the league. Um, so I just like to have entertaining characters in the league. It's not like a, I, I'm a, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan or anything, but I do think he's entertaining one way or the other. And he's polarizing enough that people generally either kind of like him or don't like him at all. And that's good. You need those guys in the league. It makes it makes games like last night, which was borderline unwatchable, watchable. Yeah, it's crazy when you think of the weapons going back to that point that he had in Carolina versus who he was throwing the football to last night. You know, his leading receivers are Chatarius Atwell and Ben Skoranek. Uh, th those are the guys that he's throwing the football to. And it worked for him. And I think that, you know, there's something to be said for having kind of that pressure off your shoulders to, you know, when you've got star receivers like DJ Moore and other guys in Carolina that there's a pressure, there's an expectation that you've got to get the ball to those guys. I mean, who is there in LA right now to get the ball to? It's just whoever is available, whoever is open. And so that was fun to watch. And it was, it was fun to watch Baker Mayfield 
uh, play freely. Uh, and th that was kind of the, the way that he operated throughout that entire game. Uh, I also think that there's a component in this where it's, yeah, it's Baker Mayfield redemption and he played really well. But the other major storyline I think that plays into this is the utter collapse of the Raiders. Um, and, and I don't know. We've had a lot of conversations and nationally there have been a lot of conversations about how disappointing and overmatched Nathaniel Hackett is as the first time head coach in Denver. I think the same can be said for Josh McDaniels oh in Las Vegas. I'm not sure if you were to compare both of them. I guess the Raiders put up more points than the Broncos do, but I'm not sure how you can compare if you know who is worse between Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels. Both teams are super disappointing, and both coaches look like they're way in over their heads. For sure. Um, I did not see this going this way for McDaniels. Hackett, I had no idea. Um, didn't know. No clue, right? This is a little bit strange for McDaniels, who is having the second go-round. I mean, I didn't know. I, I thought it would work because it seems so stylistically fitting to put him with Derek Carr. Uh, but I wasn't, like, convinced it was going to be a home run. I did not see this coming. I'll tell you that. Like, I did not and Derek see Carr, this he may need to buy a failure. bus ticket out of Vegas. I mean, he was God. 11 of 20, 137 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Um, and, and he hasn't really performed that well this entire season. So, I, you know, who knows what the future holds for him? It, it um, Well, probably not much. And I don't know how much they're going to tie to Josh McDaniels. I believe he and their GM have a connection um, that goes pretty far back. So I, I don't know how much time he's going to get. I, and I don't know if you're comparing the more disappointing team, Denver or the Raiders. I, I might say the Raiders um, simply because I, I think that their floor in theory should be much higher, right? Russell Wilson was still coming off an injury. We didn't know how healthy he was. He doesn't look like the same player. As far as we know, there's no issues with Derek Carr. So it, it, it just, you know, whatever it is, I would say the Raiders are probably more disappointing. I don't think they're as bad as Denver, but I think they might be more disappointing than Denver. Um, uh, but thank you, Baker Mayfield for giving us something to watch last night with that game and listen to, uh, as you did right here on our family of networks, just a really fun story to watch. All right, Tommy, um, because we're going to make picks earlier in the show today to get Trey Wingo in at 10. Let's talk about Eric wedge here. Um, gone from Wichita State. So, you know, whatever the issues were, I think were probably a little more problematic than on the surface of uh, what we had initially thought maybe going on, which, you know, because it was billed as like a health issue early, and it still could be. But whatever it is now, it's it's not going to be um, correctable, apparently, because Kevin Saul announcing yesterday that he will not return. Lauren Hibbs will have the team all year, and they'll begin a search in the meantime. Um, I think a lot of things when I see this, one, it doesn't surprise me at this point. I kind of expected this. Two, how lucky are the Shockers to have Hibbs there with the experience he has to navigate what's probably now an uglier situation than we, you know, we initially thought. And they have, you know, the coaches are still there. So for the players, I think everything will probably be okay. But you know, I, I look at the whole Eric Wedge era, and there was a lot of buzz with that. I don't think anybody on the planet didn't like that hire. They started in the COVID year, went 13-2, and two, and then the buzz was really going. Then they went 31-23, and 23, 
18 and 13 in the conference, felt pretty good about that. And then a major step back, I think, last year, 21 and 36, just 9 and 15 in the conference. Um, you know, I think we can certainly, just even without considering the way it ended, even though we should consider that, not a good run and a disappointing uh, chapter of Shocker Baseball. I'm going to speculate here for a second. I don't have any sort of uh, proof on this. Uh, it's just my gut that's telling me something else is going on here. I don't know what it is, and we probably won't know what it is. Um, I feel like the the statement was very, very vague from Kevin Saul. Uh, and we, we knew when he stepped away back in October. I remember you and I discussed it at the time. You know, it, it was billed as personal health issues. And when that sort of thing happens and, um, you know, they, they're releasing that it's health-related issues, at that point, I think that's kind of an indication to – um, you know, take a step back, give the guys some privacy, don't pry, you know, don't ask really what's going on health wise. Right. That, that wasn't referenced at all in this statement last night. It wasn't yeah. anything about, you know, because of the personal health related issues, Eric Wedge will not be returning. It was simply Eric Wedge is not returning. And so I, I think that leaves something to be desired. I think you can try to connect, connect the dots a little bit. Um, we're not going to, we're not going to find out. We're not going to know, um, you know, Eric wedge is not commenting. Kevin Saul is not commenting past the statement that they released on social media last night. So, um, my gut tells me that there might be something else going on, but I don't think oh, it's there anything is. that we're going to find mean, out on, about. There is, of course there is, of course there's something else going on or we would have details, right? If it was, if, if sympathy was needed, it would be asked for, right? And at this point, that's not a part of the equation from the university. And I don't yeah. think that's. I don't think that's on accident. Um, so it, it had the shockers, and the, and this is the I think Tommy, I think this is the you know for fans and for shocker baseball, the saddest part of it is it's just kind of like okay, because they weren't having you know the level of success under Wedge I think that people had hoped for through two and a half years. Uh, so it's like okay, I, you know I don't know now, and and I hope and and the search will continue. Um, we'll see what they do with the search. Uh, they're, they've got a great staff in place there, and I hope a lot of that can be held through this transitional period. A uh, lot of connections to the Shockers, a lot of guys really close with the pro- program, I think, that that are, are in good positions. Now you just got to find a new leader of the ship. I think Hibbs will do a great job in the interim. I don't know what his long-term prospects are. I have no idea on that. I do think I'd make a call to Kevin Hooper right now. That'd be the first guy I called. Because I think if it wasn't wedged the last time, it was Hooper. Um, so I think he's the first call. If Kevin Saul's listening right now, call Kevin Hooper. Um, he's a great leader of men. And my interactions with him, I think that's universally considered. And he does nothing but have success. That's just why he's been a part of a major league organization as well. I'd call Kevin Hooper. That's who I'd call. Yeah, what I think is really interesting in all of this, um, you know, I had this idea in my mind um, and, and thought about it. I think everybody did when Kevin Saul was hired that there were two main sports, and, and there, were, there were others too, but two main sports that Kevin Saul uh, would have his eyes on very closely, and that was men's basketball and baseball because both of those programs had had some recent struggles you know, in the, the previous season, uh, men's basketball struggled under Isaac Brown and baseball struggled under Eric Wedge the previous season before Kevin Saul came in. And neither one of those guys were hired by Saul. 
and you know those were going to be you know they're kind of the the bell cows of the the university as far as athletics are concerned and so it was going to be something that Kevin Saul would be looking at very closely what i find really interesting about the announcement last night you mentioned uh if sympathy was needed sympathy would have been asked for it wasn't just that there was also and taylor eldridge made this point too in his article about this there was also no mention of any appreciation from what Eric Wedge did with the program during his three years as head coach. And so I think that's interesting too to note. You know, there's appreciation for the fans, you know, to continue to support Shocker Baseball. There's appreciation for Coach Hibbs and the other assistants for, you know, moving forward this upcoming season. There was no mention of any kind of appreciation of Eric Wedge. And so, you know, the the hiring of Wedge, you're absolutely right. You know, the guy came with a ton of credentials, you know, a lot of success at the major league levels and was a, you know, storied alum of Shocker sure. Baseball. Coming in, big splash, big hire, had some success at the beginning. I just find it really interesting that, number one, it's very vague, but number two, there's no mention of any kind of appreciation for, you know, what he did for the program, which, you know, yeah, the, he took a step back it last matters. season. I just, it I find that interesting. Yeah, it does. It matters. I mean, we can all read between the lines. That's not even speculative. We can read what was put out there um, until we hear otherwise from either side. That's, we can, we can see what's in front of us. I, I hope for that program. And, and you meant that those are the two programs I think that go under the microscope most immediately, especially for somebody coming in, because they're the two revenue generators, the biggest ones, at least to this point, potentially softball is certainly entering that conversation. Um, and, you know, track and field has had a lot of success over the years. Volleyball's had a lot of success over the years. We're seeing a resurgence way to go. Uh, shocker women last night for winning another one, another close one. It's just kind of what they do now. Uh, they win these tight games. It's crazy. If you're not paying attention to the Shocker women, you should. It's been a blast to see them the last month and a half or so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, baseball, they need to fill X Stadium. It's one of the great facilities in the country, as is Coke Arena. And, and you got to put butts in those seats. I mean, period. That's that's priority one, right? And And get the donor base fired up about it. So here we go. Whether Kevin Saul anticipated having to make any sort of massive moves, uh, in, in one of the flagship programs of the university just a few months into the job or not, it's go time now, and that's a big task. you got to get the right guy in. Call Kevin Hooper uh, and, and see how that goes. All right, 869-1240. Uh, we'll come back. We'll have a quick segment. I want to hit on this Dylan Edwards storyline. Uh, we'll have a quick segment here. We'll talk about Dylan Edwards news. And we will have one of our giveaways when we return, and then we'll do some picks to wrap up our number one. Sports Daily, rolling forward on a Friday. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Friday. Always fun on a Friday. We'll get Paul Savage in in just a little bit, and we'll make our picks destined to fail. Uh, Jad's going to keep us honest on those, although sometimes I wish that he wouldn't be so honest in his tallying. Uh, you know, maybe uh, throw the numbers just a little bit, but he won't, and we'll have to live with it. We'll get to Bribes that coming up. Yeah, what, what's that, Jad? You need a bribe? I can take care of that. 
bribes would be appreciated. Yeah, we can we can handle that. All right, so we'll we'll uh, soften the blow on those picks. Jad will uh, recalculate things. We'll we'll say uh, here during the break, and we'll do that next segment. Tommy Dylan Edwards, you know, we had started to rumble about this around the office um, for a little while now that we thought this might be coming, this might be possible. Um, Dylan Edwards' recruitment has been a roller coaster ride of sorts. Initially a commit to Kansas State, then he pulled from that and committed to Notre Dame. Now he is pulled from Notre Dame and is reportedly considering, and if you follow him on social media, this is no surprise, to you know reconsider Kansas State where his buddy Avery Johnson is going to be the quarterback and now considering Colorado, which he had mentioned on social media as a potential suitor just a couple of days ago. Um, and that was the first real indicator that, something was going to happen because, you know, thanking teams that made an offer while you're committed somewhere else is, a you know, is something that certainly makes you raise your ears. Uh, so Edwards, uh, I'll give you the quote. First off, I want to thank God for leading me toward the right direction and giving me the knowledge and understanding to make decisions for myself. I'm grateful for the Notre Dame coaching staff for recruiting me and giving me the opportunity to play at such a prestigious university. I want to give a huge thanks to Coach Deland for believing my talents and being uh, a good mentor to him throughout this process. I have nothing but respect for Notre Dame. Wish him the best. I'll be decommitting and signing elsewhere on December 21st. So we'll get about 12 days of this. Um, I don't know how strong a lean it is either way. My gut says lean Colorado now with Coach Prime there, uh, whom he apparently has a relationship with uh, going way back as a kid doing some of the camps and stuff. But this is the this is a part of the coach prime effect, and maybe maybe K State's a legitimate opportunity, and that would be really really cool too because it'd be a fun story to follow. And his opportunity at K State would be great, but Tommy probably his opportunity at Colorado will be great too. Um, he's a four star recruit, highly highly touted, obviously um, based on the schools that are looking at him. This is wild, uh, and this is this is the era. But we're gonna have uh, Dylan Edwards either breaking K State hearts again. Uh, or, or returning there with Avery Johnson. Either way, it's going to be a pretty cool story for him to follow him either at Colorado or, or if it is K-State again. Yeah, before I give you my my take on uh, you know where I think Dylan Edwards will end up, I've got some receipts that I want to, I want to tell you about, uh, and I want to get your reaction on this. It was on Tuesday morning at 9.55 a.m. that I texted you a screenshot of, Avery, of uh, Dylan Edwards saying that he was blessed to receive an offer from the University yeah. of Colorado. And you laughed like your response in a text message was you laughed at that at the time. Here we are 72 hours later. And I, Tommy, you has, misinterpreted my laugh. He's my laugh wasn't Notre that Dame. it wasn't. No, 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 no. You misinterpreted my laugh. My laugh is okay. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. We followed Dylan Edwards for a long time. I was laughing because it didn't surprise me. And I thought he was going to leave Notre okay. Dame. Uh, okay. we, we've been talking about it even before he, even before he tweeted um, that we, because we we follow high school sports really really closely with Catch at sure. Kansas, we'd 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 had it was some feel for something for at least a few weeks. Um, he had been on the K State sidelines uh, or at least near them in recent weeks down the stretch there. Like it just didn't feel like he was going to stay with Notre Dame for a little while. That's why I laughed when you sent me that. I was like, well, okay, obviously uh, he's yeah. not going to stay at Notre Dame now. But and he's. Very active on social media, so it, it is a bit of a roller coaster to try to follow it and has been now since he's exploded onto the scene. And by the way, if you haven't seen Dylan Edwards play, you'll quickly realize why everybody wants him. He is an incredible talent. 
um, with, you know, a skill set. Yeah, I remember Brees Hall in high school very well, obviously. And Brees Hall was like total package, prototypical, world-beating running back that everybody could see from a mile away. Dylan Edwards has a very different style, like explosive, lightning bolt, hit a hole, and take off. Very different style. But in the evolving offenses of high-level football, very useful player. Uh, he's really good. So you can get why. But yeah, Tommy, this has been... The Dylan Edwards experience in this recruiting process has been a roller coaster for two or three years now, um, and and it just continued. That was my laughter as it was, here we go again. Like We're going to see this again, and that's what we've seen. And that's fine, too, by the way. I don't have any issue with this. Um, until you sign the dotted line, 17-, 18-year-old kids, they get the freedom to be kids because they are kids, right? Uh, how, how many of us go to college, change colleges, don't know what we want to do in school? Like, Cut them some slack here. Like I, it drives me nuts when adults get on to kids during the recruitment process and like take things personally. And do you have we have no idea what goes into those processes and what those conversations are like. So let's take a step back from all that here. Um, it's a fun story, I think, Tommy. It, I think it's a really fun story. So uh, you said before you you give a you you know you take a swing at where he'll end up. Where do you think he'll end up? Yeah, I feel like if uh, Avery Johnson was not at Kansas State, this would be a slam dunk that Dylan Edwards okay. is going to Colorado. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I ultimately think that there's an appeal there for, for Coach Prime that we've talked about at length, and everybody sure. knows that he's bringing you know, the, the Coach Prime you know, attitude and atmosphere to Colorado, and that can be exciting without a doubt. Uh, Dylan Edwards, though, is very familiar with Kansas State. He was committed at one time to the Wildcats. He's really close friends with Avery Johnson. And that's got to be a, a, a pretty strong appeal to think that, okay, well, you've got, you know, Avery Johnson at quarterback and Dylan Edwards in the backfield with him. And they can go out there, you know, with Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein and have a ton of success. So my gut tells me he may end up back at Kansas State, but don't discount that appeal from what Coach Prime brings to Colorado. We also need to consider, and we're assuming, that K-State is re-recruiting him. I mean, he did decommit from there, too. So we're assuming that they're still interested. I think that they are. Uh, but I haven't, you know, obviously talked to anybody at K-State about that. It'll be a fun one to watch. He says December 21st is when we'll get that decision. He's going to have a couple weeks to think about it. Uh, but a really, really interesting uh, chapter in the Dylan Edwards story is we think he's going to be dynamite in college. Uh, just very, very talented kid. Looking forward to see where he ends up once he actually starts playing the games. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Let's make some picks, shall we? Uh, Jad will tell us where things stand, and we'll rip you through. Ten games to work through. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. It's time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Uh, Paul Savage tries to fit his big head into the room here because he is kicking our tails in these picks. Let's get through our games. Uh, all right, Jad, where do we stand? Paul, we don't need any commentary here. <laughs> well, we'll just uh, we'll take a quick look at how things stand right now. Actually, it's not so bad, I suppose. Uh, Paul is in the lead Definitely, uh, 64 and 46 overall. Uh, he had the best week last week, 5-4 and 1. 
So he won another week. Uh, mm. Tommy's a little ways back, 56 and 54. And uh, Jacob, 52 and 58. So uh, that's where we stand right now. Well, I and guess. Chad's bribe goes wide out, right out the window. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, you Just know. lost my bribe. Uh, personal <laughs> question real quick, Jad. Is it too soon to go ahead and get my name engraved on a traveling trophy yet? Is it a too soon? I guess probably next week we can yeah, go ahead Yeah, it'd get probably that. better to wait a week, I think. I'm going to wait a week. I'm yeah. going to wait a week to engrave my name on the trophy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get to the picks. We got Trey Wingo at 10 a.m. We don't, Paul, you go first, Paul. Uh, You make the first pick. I'll do that again. I did it last week. Jets at Bills. Bills minus 10. Uh, What do you think here, Paul? Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard to turn your back on quality. And right now the Bills have some pretty good quality in some different positions. Uh, everybody's getting bugged a little by injuries. I get that. I understand that. It's a home game for the Bills. It's not much of a road trip for the Jets. But I think I'll go ahead and take the Bills, and I'm going to give 10 points. I don't like giving double digits when it comes to the number of points I have to give. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills and give the 10. And i got a feeling you and Tommy are taking the Jets. Yeah, you know, Chelsea Messenger kind of talked about how road divisional dogs have done this year. They've been successful. If you missed any of her conversation, by the way, kfhradio.com or betting insider Chelsea yesterday. Um, I, I will take the points. It's it's too many. I think the Jets are a good team. If they can get play at quarterback, they'd be a great team probably. Um, I don't know if that's coming against the Bills. We know they lost Von Miller. Uh, I think the Jets' defense is really, really good. I do have a hard time seeing the Jets scoring a whole lot of points in this one, so I kind of suspect maybe low scoring, but I'll I'll take the points and take the Jets, Tommy. Yeah, I think there's a concern there clearly with uh, <clears throat> the fact that Von Miller is out for the entire season, not coming back. I mean, we, he's been out for a while, but that that clearly makes the the Buffalo defense not nearly as good as it was at the beginning of the season. That being said. Man, this one's tough for me. 10 points is a lot of points. It is a divisional matchup. Uh, the Jets already beat the Bills once, but I think that the Bills are going to respond well. It's at home in Buffalo. I'm going to join Paul. I'll take hey. the Bills and I'll lay the points. There you go. Yeah, Smart, I, I don't. I, I certainly don't feel comfortable in it, but that's that's an island I'll take. All right, uh, Paul, you want to go first each time you can. Eagles minus seven at the Giants. Uh, road favorites, divisional game. What do you think here? This is another interesting one. All right, confession time. I've I've been slow coming around to the Eagles. I mean, I don't know why, but I have been. I, I don't know. Maybe it's that I don't have a ton of confidence in Jalen Hurt uh, playing an entire season, getting hurt, whatever the case. I don't know what it is. Slow to the Eagles. Not anymore. I'm taking the Eagles, and I'll go ahead and give the seven. Tommy, what do you think here? Yeah, if this was a, a, a few weeks ago, I would have had no issue taking the Giants to cover um, I watched a good majority of their game against the Commanders that ended in a tie, and I recognize the Giants have a winning record. I recognize what Brian Dable is building there in New York, uh, but they were less than impressive in that tie game against the Commanders. Uh, that being said, with what the Eagles did against the Titans a week ago, yeah. I'm going to take the Eagles and I'll lay the points. Wow. Don't blame you. Let's make it a sweep. I, I just, I, Paul, it's not as much as not buying the Eagles for me. It's, man, I don't, I don't buy the Giants. Yeah. And that's where I've been slower to come around. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Eagles are great. I'm going to yeah. take the Eagles and lay the points there as well. All right, Vikings plus two at the Lions. This is the wacky one everyone's talking about, Paul. You, 
You taking the bait here? The Lions favorites at home against Minnesota and all those wins? That sounds nuts, doesn't it? I mean, really, on, on first blush, it sounds totally nuts. However, the Lions winner of three of the last four games. Uh, everything about the Lions and is 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 pointing. I mean, they can run the football. They they are getting better on defense, although they're they're lacking in a certain a few positions on defense. Uh, Here's the one thing, though, too, and I, and I said this because I think we picked them last week or the week before. One of the things about the Lions is they're one of my hard-knock teams. You, you, you fall in love with these teams. You become personally in, involved with the lives of these players on hard-knocks. It's hard to not love these guys. Dan Campbell, I love Dan Campbell. He's a throwback coach. He coaches like I coach. What is there not to love about the Lions? This is a chance for you guys to pick up on me because I know this is not the smart thing to do. I'm going to take the Lions, and I'm giving the Vikings two, uh, two points. My gosh, they've won 10 games, and I'm giving them points. I must be nuts. Tommy, is he nuts? Uh, yeah, he's nuts. And Chelsea Messenger said uh, yesterday that a lot of this was you know, people wanting to to fade the Vikings, and I, and I I understand why. I understand the rationale behind this. They're on the road, but yeah, I mean, as Paul said, they're they've got ten wins, and they're getting two points. Um, I like Dan Campbell. I may not have an affair with him like Paul does, uh, <laughs> but I I'm okay, I'm okay with Dan Campbell. Uh, I like what the Lions are building, but man, I'm taking the Vikings on the road, and I'll take the points. <sighs> yeah, I am too. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings. They've been a tough cover in a lot of games um, this year, and the Lions are onto something, and they're they're trending in the right direction. And I like what they're doing. And you know, they get Jamison Williams back, but Vikings have won a ton of games, and they're talented. And I'm gonna take the Vikings, especially if I can get points in it. Uh, another interesting one, Paul. Cowboys minus seventeen. At home against the Texans. You lay in that kind of number in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you, that's a lot of points. I mean, I guess my question, I guess my real question is, can the Texans score 10 points in this game? Can they score 14 points? What is it that they score then add to 17? I think the Cowboys are capable of scoring a good number of points. I'm talking about 28 plus, maybe up to 35. So now the question, see, this is sort of a math deal for me, basic, basically, because we know the Cowboys are better than the Texans. But are they 17 points better? I'm going to say, yes, the Cowboys have been good to me over the course of the last four or five games. I think I've I've run the table the last month or so when the Cowboys are on uh, on our Friday football picks. I'm going to go ahead and give seven. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to go ahead and give 17 points and take the Cowboys. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I obviously think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I, I think that... Um, you know, if you watch the Colts game, which I did, the Cowboys, why they have three touchdowns defensively mm-hmm. in that game. That's right. That's a little bit fluky. So I, I think the Cowboys offense is fine. It's, you know, beating somebody by 17 points in the NFL, there's just so many ways that that can go sideways on you. Uh, late covers, all kinds of things. I got to just take the points there, even if it is the Texans. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, you know, the Cowboys put up 33 points in the fourth quarter of their game against the Colts last week. Uh, I didn't watch the second half of that game on Sunday Night Football. I'll admit I was pretty tired, so I went to bed at halftime. And I thought, I think I had picked the Colts to cover. It was like 10 and a half. And I was like, all right, well, I feel like at halftime, 
the Colts have an opportunity here to cover this, you know, and, and I'll, I'll get a win. And then I woke up in the morning and I saw the Cowboys had scored 33 points in the fourth quarter and hung 54 on the Colts. The Texans are the worst team in the NFL. They are really, really bad. 17 points is a lot of points, but man, I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the points. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky game. I don't, I don't know how many people would actually bet this game. I certainly won't this weekend. Uh, Bucks and Niners. Niners minus three and a half. Still favorites without their quarterback there. Brock Purdy's turn. Uh, Tampa maybe a little momentum coming off of their comeback. Paul, you think the Niners, uh, even without Jimmy G, can cover at home there? Well, that's a very good question. And, of course, the quarterback situation for the Cowboys makes me shake my head a little bit. You have a, you have a, a pretty good Bucks team, a team that can rush the quarterback put some pressure on a young quarterback. You know something? I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks. I don't know about this 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 pick. I think it could go either way. But because of the quarterback situation with the 49ers, I'm going to go ahead and take I'm going to take Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh Tommy, what do you think here? Yeah, you know, you and I talked about the 49ers earlier this week and what they're going to do with Brock Purdy over the next several weeks. Um, really all he has to do is facilitate this offense and get the ball to the weapons. And Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. There's a lot of talent at the skill positions that the 49ers have, and they need to keep pace in the NFC and get to the playoffs, let Jimmy G come back from his injury, and then they can have a legitimate Super Bowl chance. So really, Brock Purdy has to manage the game well with the talent around him, the fact that this game is at home. I know what Tom Brady does. I know what he did on Monday Night Football. I'm going to take the Niners to cover. Uh, I, I, I'm i going to take the Niners to cover as well, reluctantly. It's a bad matchup of sorts because Tampa defends the run well. You'd think that San Francisco really wants to lean on that run. They have enough players, though. I think they can still be effective in the pass game. And I just think their defense is going to give Tampa a really hard time. Uh, so I'll take the points there as as well. I'll give the points, I should say. I'm taking the Niners, Chad. Uh, Dolphins minus three at Chargers. Um, all right, Paul. Well, you go first, Paul. Dolphins minus three on the road. You taking them as the as the road favorite? Well, I haven't taken the Dolphins yet uh, this entire football season. And uh, while the Chargers have some 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 question marks and some problems, uh, I'm still not uh, sold on the Dolphins. I'm not sold on Tua. I'm not sold on a lot of things with regards to the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers and give the three. Tommy, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins bounced back from a week ago. Um, you know, minus three. Uh, it's basically a, a coin flip game. But I don't think the Chargers, I mean, come on. Like they've, we've talked about disappointing teams in the AFC, you know, all the time. The Chargers are up there, too, as far as disappointments. I'm taking the Dolphins on the road. I'll, I'll take them to cover. I'm not, I'm not taking the Chargers. I'm done taking the Chargers. I'm over the Chargers. I'm not doing it anymore. I'll take the Dolphins minus three. I like the Dolphins. They had a tough game last week against good defense. I think the offense for the Dolphins could feast this week. Uh, I'll take the Dolphins and lay the points. Last one, Paul. Broncos plus nine at home. The Chiefs game. Kick us off. What is there about the Chiefs that is going to make me change riding their train? I mean, I've been on that train for the entire season just practically. I picked them every time but once, I think, I and the one time I went against them, I lost. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. God, they're just too good. Nine points. This will be covered in the first half. Okay. 
Uh, nine points in the first half. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. They're they're mad. They're angry. Uh, angry Mahomes is a good Mahomes. Denver's defense is good. This this could be one, another one of those wacky things, right, where who knows, something happens late and you get a backdoor cover. I just don't think there's any chance after last week that the Chiefs let off the gas at all this week. Uh, this will be one I actually do bet. I, I like the Chiefs quite a bit here. Tommy? The only way the Broncos cover that nine is if their defense plays special. Um, but but you, even you look then, at, how many points are they yeah, going to be able to score, right? Right, and, that, and that, that's the point. That's what I go back to is that, you know, a week ago, the Broncos played the Ravens. They scored nine points. So if they do that again, the Chiefs have to score 19 to cover, uh, and right. they can easily do that. Uh, so I'm going to make it a clean sweep and say oh the Chiefs cover. Yeah, that was a chance for you to pick. you got to play the game better. Oh, come on. I'm, gonna get I'm not picking the Broncos you, ever. Come you on. You get another chance. I'm, Jacob, we got to give him a chance because, after all. Paul, many, you want to change your pick? No, I'm not changing my pick. I'm exactly. Gonna, yeah. That's not an island that I'm going to be on at all. Oh, my god. The Russell Wilson Island. Don't try the no food. No way. He's not a very no good cook. No way. Uh, it, it, look, the, the, the Broncos could play a great defensive game, right? And hold the Chiefs to 24 points. But then that means they still got to score 14. Yep. And I just don't know where that's coming from at this point with that offense. Who knows? It's a divisional game. It's the NFL. Uh, See, last night, when you need to see a a decimated bad offense get it done, because that's what the Rams did. So anything can happen. It's certainly not a slam dunk. Um, I just, I love the revenge factor of it in the sense that, man, the Chiefs, are going to want to be loud in this win. Really, really loud. And that's why I like them so much. All right. uh, Tommy's got to step away for a bit here. Paul and I will be back. We'll join Trey Wingo uh, to talk about some of these NFL storylines. Can't wait to hear hear his take on the Baker Mayfield uh, scenario and situation that played itself out last night. Uh, So we'll do that next. On our way out, let's have a giveaway here. Jad, what do you think? Let's give away some movie tickets. Um... You've got the new Avatar movie coming up, which looks really cool. Disney's Avatar, The Way of the Water. It's at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. That's this coming Thursday, December 15th at 7 o'clock. We'll give away a four-pack to the second caller during the break. Trey Wingo joins Sports Daily when we return. 